0: This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, making the world healthier and greener one day at a time.
1: Welcome to the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for joining me today. By now, you all know that this show is about helping you find ways to navigate life in the most healthy, fun, and abundant way. I discuss a wide variety of topics that all circle back to health. The way I see it, this is not a dress rehearsal, so I want to live my best life this time around. Everything about our lives directly or indirectly affects our health what we eat, how much we move our body, and the thoughts we think will all have an impact on our health. Joining me today is Dr. Monica Vermani, clinical psychologist and author of A Deeper Understanding Conquering Stress, Mood, Anxiety, and Traumas. Welcome to the show, Dr. Vermani. Thank
0: you very much for having me.
1: So you might see this a little more often than I do, but our thoughts can be our worst enemy and can hinder our progress. What is it about living in the past that can lead to negative loops of focusing on past hurts, regrets, and disappointments?
0: You know, as children, we live in the moment. We're completely connected to the here and now. We get into a place of experiencing, doing, and just engaging with our senses. But as we, each of us, grow up, we start learning how to be, living in our heads more we start comparing who we used to be or comparing ourselves to others we have a tendency to you know role model sometimes as parents to our children to forecast worst case scenarios or try to be prepared for the future or try to you know do preventative care by instilling certain strategies to manage things smoother and so as children we grow from a place of living in the here and now to then gently moving away to living in our head And sometimes thinking about the past and what we've done, who we were, how we could have done things differently. And we move to the future. And we sometimes forecast worst case scenarios, catastrophize, have anxious loops of what if this happens? What if that happens? The future is imagination. So the truth is, it could be positive or negative. But many times through modeled behavior or sometimes bad incidences that happen, we tend to hold on to the past, bring it into the future. And start thinking about how do I control things so bad things don't happen to me. The future, like I said, is imagination. We grab a thought and we give it life. You can assume worst case scenarios happening to you, but you can also assume best case scenarios happening to you. Everything is about a thought. You can't have two simultaneous thoughts at the same time. When we're anxious, we're stuck in a negative thought and not able to replace it with a positive thought in that moment. And the negative thoughts are often about fear or self-doubt. Can I handle something bad? How do I prevent it? How do I control
1: it? I really resonate with how you describe the future. It really is just imagination. And I think, yeah, and it makes so much sense because you're right. We're always forecasting what we want our future to be or what we think might happen. And sometimes we focus on that negative. But I also like that you say the past is that. It's just the past. So, how do we all, how do we work to keep it staying there and we move forward as humans to live a life that you know we all want and deserve and are essentially entitled to?
0: Each and every one of us need to realize all human behavior has a purpose and all human symptoms have a purpose. Sometimes it's nice for you to pause and reflect and look at what is the purpose of me bringing in the past into the present? Because here and now all is well, nothing's happening. When we take ourselves to the past, There's a purpose for it. Is it for you to prevent harm? Is it for you to try to protect yourself that you don't get hurt again? Is it for you to remember a lesson of harm or hurt that happened to you that you want to make sure it doesn't repeat? We do the best we can with what we know. I think what we each need to remind ourselves, life is a series of experiences. And we label good and bad. We judge good and bad. And so it's about us removing the judgment and more feeling capable and confident Capability is the key. One reason why we look at our our past and try to bring it into the present, we don't want to repeat patterns of hurt, harm, and mistakes that we judge as mistakes. The truth is every time you suffer, it's a catalyst for change for something better in your life or to learn a skill set that makes you better. And we do the best we can with what we know. Whenever things are difficult in the past, oftentimes we do develop a skill set that teaches us from that experience how to be a better version of us. But many times I think we doubt ourselves. We doubt our skill set. We don't see how far we've grown. Leaving the past in the past is you reflecting, how far have I come from that experience? And here and now, I've learned the lesson. I don't have to carry the experience that taught me the lesson anymore. I have to look at the lessons I've learned versus getting tied up in the pain and suffering that came from an event or an experience.
1: I don't believe that never having a disappointment or a letdown or a situation that kind of made you feel awful is healthy. And I probably learned this the hard way by having had those experience and looking back on what I learned from it. So I don't believe that we shouldn't have those experiences. I don't believe that we should protect our children all the time from having a quote unquote letdown. Um, so don't Shouldn't we all have those experiences and have those different types of emotions so we know how to navigate things when things aren't great, but then you can also rejoice in when things are going really well. So you have that, you know, that um, platform where you can understand the different feelings and the different emotions.
0: When you talk about children, I think that's a big one because today, you know, this week is back to school and we want to bubble up our kids and protect them from harm. And we want to give them good experiences, and we want to shelter them from things that we've gone through that were negative experiences. As we judge them, it's important for us to recognize life by the fabric of it, include suffering, and the purpose of suffering is to change us, help us. It's a catalyst for change. Whether it's increasing our skill set, it's teaching us how to be a better version of us. It's teaching us to be wiser. It's telling us to learn a skill set from a professional out there so that we can learn. How to be a better version of us, even if our parents weren't able to teach us coping skills or how to manage anxiety. So, when you have anxiety symptoms, either you go home and ask for things that you need or you go out there and get a professional that might teach you a new skill set. You know, when you have a difficult boss, either you confront them or you uh, maybe like think about moving jobs and going somewhere else. Relationships, same thing. Get couples counseling or confront them as what's the problem here? What are my needs? what are our wants and how do we mediate? It's important for us to start recognizing it's about teaching your kids capability. It's about role modeling, first yourself feeling capable because many times anxiety and depression is modeled behavior too. We reinforce worrying, we reinforce trying to control everything, we reinforce perfectionism. And it's important for us to realize as parents, when you don't take care of yourself, there is a ripple effect of modeling unhealthy behaviors and coping strategies. And so when it comes to thoughts, it is good for us to pause and reflect, am I reinforcing, you are capable, you got this? Or am I reinforcing, be careful, worry about this, try to prevent bad things happening. If something bad happens, you know maybe you caused it. It is important for us to watch our words because they are quite powerful, they are hurtful. And as parents, sometimes we get stuck in that rat race of fulfilling roles day to day, and we don't always pay attention to our reactions that are patterns and are blueprints that just automatically flow out of us, but not necessarily are productive or healthy for us
1: or our children. And I feel like sometimes having the conversation with my own children helps me navigate my own past hurts and stresses and anxieties. And for example, my son is having a bit of a scheduling issue with his courses this year. And instead of me saying, well, just, you know, suck it up, deal with it. We had a conversation, we said, This is, you know, a real life situation. Every day in real life, you're gonna have these experiences and you may encounter these things. So we're gonna take it one step at a time. We're gonna try and navigate it together. We're gonna try to come up with the best scenario. I don't feel like I should be protecting him and saying, I'm gonna solve this for you. Don't you worry. I I feel like we need to more have a conversation around coping and strategizing and dealing with it so it doesn't develop into anxiety for future experiences. Is that a great strategy or should I be dealing with it differently?
0: You know, as parents, I think we have to always remember that we are blessed with these children in our lives and they are dependent on us for survival initially. You know, as babies, we feed them, we clean them, we take care of them because they're dependent on us for survival. But as they grow, our job as parents is to give them the coping skills and tools to succeed in life, not to do it for them. And so by giving them coping strategies and you know, encouraging them that whatever life brings you, good or bad, as a challenge, bring it on. I can handle whatever shows up. Giving them the courage to feel capable in their skill set or capable to find the right people to teach them how to be better skilled is our job. And as we, as We we need to take a step back as they are growing up to watch them make their mistakes and wobble and have challenges and see how they manage it. Because as you watch them, you're like the backup. You know, they need to know that they can come to you when they're in a time of need or in a time where they want advice on how to get better resources. But if you're always doing it for them, someday you won't be around and you'll just be looking at them in the spirit world going, damn, I wish I taught them better skills because right now they don't know what they're doing. So our job is to equip them to handle life successfully. And we do the best we can with what we know. Even as parents, we have to humble ourselves to realize if we haven't treated our mood and anxiety or managed our own symptoms, we do spill over onto others, including our children, and many times modeled behavior or missing genetics. We might not get the treatment that is necessary for ourselves. So we're not treating our children either. So we have to humble ourselves that sometimes we have to go beyond ourselves and our knowledge set to maybe bring in resources to make our kids better equipped.
1: I really like that. I feel like you're so right because I find myself sometimes creating a situation in my mind with my own kids and kind of thinking, oh, it could be like this. And what if this is like this? And, you know, what if, you know, my one child doesn't like the class she's in. And at the end of the day. There are certain things we don't have control over, but what we control is how we react to them. So I try to be like very tight lipped about it and just see what happens and try to cope with my own um, fears of parenting and trying to do the right thing for them trying to, you know, change everything and fix everything for them. So it is a real balance. But so everything we discussed so far is about, you know. Um, how our thoughts can shape our future and affect our health. But let's focus on talking about like a positive mindset. Is that really the key to changing your thoughts, changing the outcomes? Is it really important to always try to turn things to a positive um, uh, perspective?
0: I think, again, when we're living in the here and now, so when you're living in the moment, as we call meditation, is where you lose the concept of time and space. So when you're in the here and now, you're not judging it. You're just experiencing, doing, and engaging with your senses. So whenever we meditate, it literally is you losing the concept of time and space and engaging with something with complete presence, with your senses. And so whether it's eating, spending time with your friends, whenever you have those moments of you're like, oh my God, four hours went by, how did that happen? You lost the concept of time and space because you're completely present with one thing, engaged and not judging it, just being with it. You know, athletes call it the zone. Photographers call it the pocket. It's where you're in the zone and you're focused. When you're in the here and now, you're not judging it. There's no negative thoughts. It's when you leave that moment, your mind goes to the past, compares it to the past, experiences from the past, looks at regrets and could have, should have, or it goes to the future and it forecasts worst case scenarios, catastrophizes, goes through anxious loops, what if this happens, what if that happens? And we want to control things. But we always have to remind ourselves, you know, in the here and now, you're in a place of groundedness and composure. And so you're born in that state. And as you're growing, you start spending more and more time in your head. And so when we talk about thoughts, your thoughts lead to your moods and your behaviors. And so yes, we were born in a state of really engaging. So there wasn't negative thoughts. But hurtful experiences, criticism, disappointment by ourselves, disappointment by others, things we judge as failures or, you know, um, hardships, we tend to personalize the pain, and we start labeling things as negative. We start labeling ourselves as not good enough, not capable, self-doubt starts to creep in. And so when you say the positive mindset, the positive mindset is about you pausing and reflecting again to slow down, where did I lose being in the here and now to now be in my head and being hard on myself, being in a place of judgment of like, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough. An isolated event is not a never-ending pattern. Challenge thoughts. And as I mentioned earlier, you can't have two simultaneous thoughts at the same time. So either you're having a negative thought and it's circulating and causing you stress, or you're having a positive thought and feeling hopeful and able to manage whatever shows up. Let's learn if you are in a negative anxious loop, to be in a place of reframing negative thoughts, being more positive. And so a positive mindset is being accurate. Many times when we're catastrophizing, we're literally pulling a thought from thin air that is negative and giving it life and circulating. We need to start challenging. Everything is possible in life. What is the probability of it? Is the probability high that this negative thought can happen? Or am I exaggerating and magnifying the possibility of something bad happening? When it's really just a possibility and it's a low probability, it's important for us to start evaluating what are facts and what are fears. And fears are tied to self doubt. And do you have any evidence to tie yourself to that self doubt? Or is it just you being hard on yourself, wondering, I'm not sure if I can handle things? So, a positive mindset is reinforcing skill set, it's recognizing if my head goes to negative thoughts. And sometimes we're replaying modeled behavior. If my mom's negative and critical, I might learn to see the world in that light. It's a little more skeptical, a little more trust issues, a little bit more like bad things happen, you know, and sometimes we reinforce things unintentionally, you know, without recognizing that we're hurting our children by
1: trying to protect
0: them. But we're also instilling fear and self-doubt
1: in them. And so challenging our thoughts is important. And I can't agree with you more. I feel like we we do that to ourselves. And, um, you know, we need to understand that it's normal to have those feelings and those fears and those anxieties, but we need to maintain a positive attitude. When we come back, more on how our thoughts can shape our health with Dr. Vermani. This is the wellness prescription on 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416 335 1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us info at 1059 The Region.com. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 1059 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, Dr. Vermani and I were discussing leaving the past in the past. It sounds easy, but there are so many variables at play. I feel that most of us need to focus some energy on forgiveness. We need to forgive ourselves, forgive others, and release the anger that comes with not forgiving. Dr. Vermani, can you tell us about the importance of forgiveness? I feel like it's an overlooked emotion. It's an overlooked thing. What is one thing that we can do to start the process of forgiveness and why should we be forgiving?
0: We can pause and reflect to look at what have we personalized from hurtful experiences.
1: When it comes to being angry at others
0: or angry at ourselves, many times what's happening is there is a judgment in place. Life is a series of experiences and we judge them as positive or negative. When we are disappointed or hurt by others, we sometimes forget that everybody comes from a different blueprint. And so, you know, we do the best we can with what we know. And if I grew up in a household that isn't very generous and thoughtful and is more me, me, me oriented, and I encounter this person in the future, you know, at work or somewhere, and I take it personally that, wow, this person's so selfish. They make it all about themselves. They don't look at their workload and how they dump on me. We have to sometimes reflect, what am I personalizing that people are doing just because they don't know better? or the repeating patterns in their life or dysfunction or toxic relationships that they've been in. Most of us want to be loved and accepted. You gotta sometimes look at what are the symptoms or the causes or the pain and suffering someone's going through that is spilling over onto others. Forgiveness is for ourselves to not personalize what hurts show up in our lives. Many times when hurtful things happen, try to go back to the logical, what is the lesson that came from this? How do I need to protect myself? Maybe I need to bring documentation or legal documentation in. Maybe I need to ask more questions. Maybe I need to be less trusting. Maybe I need to ask for help or speak up when something's bothering me versus stuffing it. It is important for us to recognize what was my part in the dysfunctional relationship or experience or event that happened versus personalizing people hurt me. And even if people are hurtful, are you setting boundaries? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you removing yourself? Are you speaking up to let them have awareness of what they're doing that maybe they don't have awareness of? I think each of us have to recognize what are you personalizing when you are upset and angry at someone? Because many times we'd like to believe somebody caused this pain. But what would I do and how do I reconceptualize life is to recognize when people are in pain, they spill over onto others, having compassion that maybe this person doesn't know better or this happened to me to teach me how to be a better version of me to set boundaries. We don't need to be angry at the hurtful experiences. We need to take the lessons from it and look at what we've personalized. We're not stupid, incompetent, not capable, a bad person, naive. Stop labeling yourself by isolated events. Look at the lesson that isolated event taught you and help you learn how to be better. Many times when we're harboring grudges and being upset, causes stress in our life. And when you talk about healthy, positive attitude, it's also about healthy, positive life. When you're personalizing and angry, anger turned inwards can be depression. And it takes us to a path of not eating well, not sleeping well, not exercise and breathing, and not having a calm state of mind because we're angry at people. They don't even know we're angry. We need to learn how to communicate, process, and then bring in a conceptualization of how have I grown from this incident versus why am I hurt?
1: And so in an an article that you wrote, you say that past hurts, traumas and suffering, they're catalysts for change. And we've touched upon that just now. Uh, But let's talk a little more about that. How can we use it for change? Because one of the things I find, and, and the reason why I bring this up is because I think it's really important that we realize that sometimes what we Feel somebody has done to us, and you mentioned this, isn't actually what they're doing to us. It's what we think that they've done to us because of our past traumas, our past hurts. So how do we use those and change for the better and turn it around? Because I think that's a really important point and it can help so many people. So one reason why the past lives in your
0: present is day-to-day triggers can take you back to past events because you haven't worked through them and you're constantly afraid of it happening again. And so it is important for us to recognize emotional debris, as I call it, emotional memory of things from the past that we hold on to, like their truth, when many times are cognitive distortions, distorted ways of seeing reality. It is our judgment that something is hurtful and something is painful. But if you look at the bigger picture, some of those incidences had the greatest gains in your life. They made you stronger. They made you protective. They made you change jobs you know, get a relationship healthier by going for counseling or set boundaries with hurtful people so that you can remove yourself and not continue to get hurt and victimized. So we don't sometimes see the bigger picture in the moment of pain and suffering. We get caught up in the hurtful experiences. And it is important for us to personalize and, and, and recognize what are the lessons I'm learning. And that's what I'm focusing. The lessons also teach you how capable you are. And so when it comes to forgiveness moving past it, it is about you learning to start seeing things with a different perspective. And when you talk about a positive mindset, everything's a skill that needs to be learned. If I'm exercising this muscle, it grows. And is this muscle by accident, negative, catastrophizing, anxious thoughts? If that's true, then I need to start exercising this muscle and start looking at the accuracy, reinforcing affirmations of how I'm capable and strong and how people haven't caused me pain, they've taught me something I needed to work on. Let's reconceptualize experiences that we hold on for, to from the past and look at how here
1: and now I'm a better version of it. One of the areas that I'm constantly working on for myself and I'm trying to encourage you know, my patients, my friends, my family to do is holding space for ourselves. Why is it important to treat ourselves with care, compassion, and love? I think that is the fundamental uh, secret to overall health and happiness, is caring for ourselves, and we all need to work on it, me included.
0: Beautiful question and great reflection. When it comes down to it, everything's a mirror. People show you who you are. You want to give what you want to get back. We want people to be kind, respectful, compassionate, understanding of us, Are we doing that for them? And so what you put out there is what comes back to you. And so many times, you know, I always speak about being a higher, better version of you. Having compassion for others means you're going to have people being compassionate for you. Having understanding for other people's mistakes instead of harboring grudges and being angry and being violent or mean and critical means other people won't do that for you. We want to learn how to be a better version of us so that we also are better for the relationships around us. I see many people trying to people please and be there for others, but they hold resentment and anger and underlying things come with judgment. They have expectations. And so we start, we're, not always accurate. We think we're nice people to people, but many times we're judgmental of them too. We're hard on them. Like yo, you didn't do this for me. And I'm always there for you. You know, I know during the pandemic, a lot of people felt like their friends weren't there for them, but we forget, well, maybe those people are not there for themselves. They don't have the capacity to be there for others right now. So let's hold people in compassion that you know we're all struggling. We're all perfect in a work in progress. We're all trying to fine-tune, set boundaries. And the reason why we're trying to be better to others is because it's a mirror of us learning how to be better towards ourselves too. So judgment, if I'm critical of others, chances are I'm also very high, hard on myself and critical of myself. That mirror is seen very clearly. Whatever we're doing to others often doing to ourselves too. So pause and reflect. If I'm hard on others, critical of others, have high expectations of others, I'm probably doing that to myself too. How do I become a better version of me, easier on me, compassionate to me, setting boundaries for me, respecting me, respecting my energy and my time? That allows us to also be genuinely there for others unconditionally versus placing conditions and acting really kind, but on the inside being angry and harboring grudges. Stress is when your activity level surpasses your energy level. (laughs) Stress is activity is physical and mental. And so you can only bring this down so much. Your mind's racing. You got work to do. You got things to do. So the other option is to bring up, you know, energy levels. Energy is the food you eat. Are you taking care of yourself to eat, to replenish and bring you energy that sustain you through the day? Are you bringing in alcohol and drugs, which are depressants or stimulants like coffee and You know, things that sugar like lifts us. Are we eating to sustain energy throughout the day? Are we taking care of our body like a temple? You know, second one is sleep. Are we getting enough sleep to replenish the wear and tear our nervous system, our mind, our body goes through carrying us throughout the days, managing all the challenges and the responsibilities we take on? Third one is exercise and breathing. Are we bringing our breathing from short and shallow, which we learn when we get busier and busier in life, to a full belly breath? And the fourth one is a calm state of mind. Am I dealing with things that bother me when I have dead air time? Dead air time when you're just in silent. Where does your head go? Is it feeling upset about mom and dad? Is it dreading that phone call or that name on your your phone that you're like, I don't know how to deal with this person. I'm going to avoid them. Learn to deal with unpleasant feelings. Don't avoid them. Learn to confront and set boundaries. And a calm state of mind is dealing with things versus pushing them on the back burner. And many of us need to learn how to be healthier for ourselves, mind, body, and soul in order to be healthier for others truly. We try to make, we try to become people pleasers we put others ahead of ourselves. But if the source yourself, yourself is not in a place of health, kindness, compassion for you, you really genuinely can't do it for others.
1: Before I wrap up, that was absolutely beautiful. But before we wrap up the segment, I wanna ask, is it normal? I think n- listeners need to hear this. Is it normal for us to have fear, anxiety, and to be sitting in the past and n- not being able to move forward? Is it normal to have this experience? It is normal to have anxiety.
0: If I didn't have a little bit of anxiety right now, I'd be asleep.
1: Dr. Romani, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it was, it's always insightful and I learned so much. If listeners want to learn more about you or buy your book, how can they do that?
0: The book is on Amazon and it's available. You can also go straight to my website. There's a ton of resources online. I have articles every week, daily meditations. I'm on YouTube with daily meditations as well. Please just look me up, drmonicavermani.com, M-O-N-I-C-A-V-E-R-M-A-N-I.com. And you can find all my resources, including corporate wellness, individual care, and resources of podcasts and other places you can find the book.
1: Thank you. And you can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Maciela or my website claudiamaciela.com That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and of course Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for listening. I hope this helps you live your best life. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at healthyplanetcanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you.